Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, a long-awaited pod, I must say, we have Alexia Bonatzis, the Managing Director of Dream Machine, though she's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Alexia, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan. I hope this is worth the wait. (laughs) I'm already having a great time, personally. (laughs) I know, we had like 20 minutes of (laughs) pre-chat. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. All right, you ready to dive in? Yep, let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Main Street. Every day when I log onto Twitter, I'm greeted by Nick Abuzade's smiling face besides a promoted tweet about Main Street asking me if I am a seed stage startup. Unfortunately for me, I'm not, but you might be. So founders, here's the deal. You're owed more than $50,000 in tax credits from the government, seriously. And Main Street can get it back for you in 20 minutes. The truth is that the first 30 to 50,000 times I saw ads for Main Street, I thought it sounded too good to be true. But then Nick gave me the rundown. The US government annually sets aside $100 billion for startups. Main Street connects directly into your payroll system to find which of those credits and incentives apply to your business. Then they'll advance you on the cash you're owed in real time at 0% interest. Oh, and 90% of venture-backed startups qualify. It costs nothing to find out how much you're owed, and listeners of Non-Technical can book a free white glove onboarding call today at MainStreet.com slash non-technical. So to get started, I'm going to give our listeners a little context on your professional background, and then we will leave it aside. So Alexia Bonatzis is the former co-editor of TechCrunch and one of the earliest reporters to write about WhatsApp, Uber, Instagram, Airbnb, and Pinterest. With her fund, Dream Machine, she hopes to help exceptional founders make science fiction nonfiction. Alexia, welcome to the pod. I can't stop saying your name because uh, we have similar names. And it's something that I think drew me to you initially. I was like, great name, Alexia. Thank you. I agree. You know, we're part of the same tribe. The, the, the tribe that probably sets off their Amazon assistants wherever they go. Yes. <laughs> Do you meet a lot of other Alexias? In Greece, yes. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a popular Greek name. It actually mm. peaked in the 90s. So I, really? I'm an 80s child. There weren't many in my cohort, but in the 90s, there were more. And I know this because my other folder in Instagram is full of Gen Zs <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> wanting my username. And I'm like, how are they so many of you? There weren't so many when I was gone. There's right. many Ashleys. There were many Laura's, mm. Sarah's. There's a lot of Sarah's. Yeah, but no Alexius. I met an Alexa the other day who's like, I think this name is going obsolete. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have met very few Alexises, lifetime total. Very few. I've met several Alexas and I think you might only be my second Alexia, to be honest. I haven't met that many. Well, I'm humbled and blessed. Yeah. be your second Alexia. (laughs) It's a big deal. Alexis was a very popular name, I think, when I was born, but what are they all doing? I have no idea. Yeah, they need to step their game up. They need to step their (laughs) game up. Come find me. I like get very excited when I meet another Alexis. I'm the person on the email chain that if an Alexis emails me, I'm always like, hi, Alexis. (laughs) Great name. (laughs) How about Alexis in Schitt's Creek? Is she the most prominent? Yes, she's really done a lot for the Alexis community, (laughs) except that on that show, her mother always says her name in this very long, drawn-out way. You know, Alexis, 
And a lot of people say that to me now. So I've got that going on. So thanks. <laughs> Some pros and cons, but ultimately she did raise the profile of the name Alexis. And for that, we're very great. But we as the Alexis community. <laughs> We have to show gratitude a little. Exactly. I just want to show some gratitude to my fellow Alexises, my Alexi. Fictional and non-fictional. Fictional and non-fictional. I agree. Alexis Bledel is the only other one that comes to mind. She was big because of Gilmore Girls. That was our big get in the early 2000s, but we just haven't seen one in a while. (laughs) I'm doing the work. I'm trying. (laughs) Thank you for your service. Thank you. You said that Alexia is a common Greek name. So did you grow up in Greece or have you spent most of your life here? So it's complicated. I moved to Greece with my family when I was 14. Mm. So I spent high school in Greece. Oh, really? And then I go back and forth. I have a Greek passport. I feel very Greek. We have a different Easter, for example. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm fluent in Greek. And oh, so wow. I, you know, I don't know if you've had many people who, who are two culture children, mm-hmm. but yeah. that's me. That's awesome. I had Greek food the other night and the guy asked me if I was Greek. And I was like, oh. Yeah, you look Greek. (laughs) Wow, I mean, I'm Italian. So I think that there are some similarities there. But when I I visited Greece and I was younger, lots of people thought that I was Greek. And I was like, this is so flattering. Everyone here is so beautiful. So I'll take it. (laughs) Thank thank you. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Obviously, you know, your incredible name is one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on. But I also just think that you're very funny online. Your tweets really delight me. And when we first connected, your Twitter bio was product guy, which I'm pretty sure made me laugh out loud. I just love talking about product with all the other guys that also love talking about product. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. That's great. And then, yes, your tweets really bring me joy. So I'm really excited that we get to chat. Thank you. The feeling is mutual. Yay. So, Alexia, how did you spend your last day off? So last Sunday? Yeah, sure. Okay. Different Easter. Not like I'm religious. I am not. I'm agnostic on a good day. But different Easter. So I I didn't do an egg hunt. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you usually are you saying that because greek easter is spent differently it's spent differently okay. it's much more gothic like our eggs are blood Ooh. red okay. it's, it's none, of, none of this pastel stuff i'm in new york so i yep. did some outdoor dining i did a, a european lunch so it, our secret is, is to go at 4 p.m make a 4 p.m reservation yes. No one's there. Anywhere, yeah. And you can go anywhere. You can go to Carbone. You can go... Mm -hmm. We went to Raku, which is an incredible Japanese restaurant in my neighborhood. And then we asked the waiter what his favorite dish was. And, you know, we're all wearing masks. Mm -hmm. And I guess I didn't hear because he said his favorite dish was tripe. Oh, (laughs) He's like, the the tripe udon. And I'm like, okay, I'll I'll have that. Oh, boy. <laughs> Alexia, choices were made. Did you know at the time what tripe was? No. Oh, I should have. Yeah. It's probably not my first time eating tripe. Do you know what it is now? Have you yeah. looked it up? Okay. I have. Wait, wait, wait. It gets better. He's like, honeycomb tripe. I'm like, okay, sounds great. I'm in. Oh. And he's like, have it really spicy. I'm like, all right, I, I'm subscribed <laughs> to the tripe sub stack. And so... <laughs> It comes, and my husband thought it was just made of honeycombs. He doesn't like honey, so he's like, I'm not having any of that. And I'm like, I don't think it's a honeycomb thing. Yeah. I think this is a mushroom. It's like a mush- oh. it's a honeycomb mushroom. <laughs> oh, no. no, no. <laughs> and I look up the ingredients. I look up the ingredients. I'm like, tripe. Oh, dear. I Google it, and it's like cow's stomach. I'm like, all right. Yeah. All right, fine. Yep. Choices were made. Yep, choices were made. Wait, did you go for it? <laughs> I did. 
How was it? It's not bad. And the guy, the guy actually just, he's like, usually tripe is very chewy, but this isn't yeah. chewy. I'm like, okay. It wasn't chewy. <laughs> and then <laughs> it was very tender. Oh, some tender tripe. I don't have a lot to, to compare it to in my dream. So technically on Sunday, you had the best tripe of your life. Of my life. <laughs> <laughs> the second tripe I've ever had. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure I had tripes in some context that I don't remember because, you know, Greeks have, have various, we use all parts of the animal, but mm -hmm. this was the first time that I was aware of what I was doing and the eating of the tripe. Mm. And then I looked it up and it's actually quite healthy for you. Really? It has a lot of protein and collagen. And so I took okay. it home and I'm like, I'm probably not going to have this again for a very long time. Yeah. Since I have it now, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to waste it. So I had it again for lunch on Monday and Tuesday. Okay. My, yeah. Yeah. Be open-minded. Would you order tripe at a restaurant now? <laughs> I don't think it would be my first priority yeah. of, in terms of what I would order. Yeah. But it wasn't a disaster. It wasn't like, okay. take this back. It was like, all right, this is a new thing. I'm not a natural meat eater. Okay. So it's, it's rare that I would order visceral, <laughs> literally yeah. visceral, yeah. literally <laughs> of the viscera of the viscera of an animal. I, it wouldn't be a voluntary thing, but I'm, I'm going to listen very closely to what waiters say, even though we're wearing masks yes. for moving forward. I've learned. It's kind of a happy accident though. I mean, it sounds like you got to try something different and I didn't know that about the collagen and that's great. Yeah. It was a learning experience. Always be learning. What if you ate the tripe and then suddenly your skin just became like completely radiant. And this was how you discovered the secret that tripe is the miracle cure for anti-aging. That would be incredible. And I do like an into the glass or um, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, today we have What's your secret? And, you're, and they expect some like 12 step beauty routine. And instead you like go to the fridge and take out the tripe. <laughs> massive amounts of tripe. Oh, you don't know oh what god. tripe is? <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Wow, we don't know. It could be. I don't know. Let's stay. <laughs> I guess Two we'll words. Cow stomach. That's beautiful. <laughs> Honestly, though, I could see that happening. I could 100% see that happening. You know what? <laughs> Anything's possible. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I know someone that's trying to make science fiction nonfiction, so we could call her up, get some funding. It's me. <laughs> Alexia, have you ever been known as the something person? For example, the math girl or the drama kid or whatever. It could be high school, college work. I think because we moved all of the time and I went through so many different phases hmm. because probably because of moving, right? Like you, you have to adjust to the new culture of whatever community you land in or whatever environment you land in. Nothing ever stuck. I was awkward in high school and I think mm. I was awkward in college. And I think I'm still awkward now. But <laughs> <laughs> someone described me as, as somebody who could go out. In Greece, people would go out pretty late and go yeah. out to the disco. Someone who could go out and then still come in and do a good job with schoolwork, which oh. is... That's great. Which I guess. Okay. But I went through a hippie phase. I mm. went through like a really intense Beatles phase. Oh, really? I, what it goes into a Beatles phase other than listening to a lot of Beatles music? Listening to a lot of Beatles music to the point where people are like, stop. Oh. <laughs> I went through a Bob Dylan phase. Wait, I did too. I went through a big Bob Dylan phase. What's your favorite Bob Dylan song? My favorite Bob Dylan song is Don't Think Twice. It's all right. Same. Same. <gasps> Seriously? Yeah. 
Isn't that an incredible song? Yes. I love it so much. Hmm. That's so funny. I went through a Bob Dylan phase during the time in high school when I also had a pixie cut. So then I was Bob Dylan for Halloween because by then it had grown out and I had Bob Dylan hair. I had a pixie cut in high school. Really? Oh <laughs> not, because of, not because of Bob Dylan. No, and to clarify, I did not go to the hairdresser and say, give me the Dylan. But <laughs> that is just how it happened by October. I wish I could go back and tell myself, like, don't do that to your hair. Yeah. I, you know, choices were made. But uh, again, choices were made. <laughs> But the thing is, I'm glad that I did it because I think I would have always wondered what it would be like to have really short hair. And now I know and I don't have to do it now. Yeah, it's actually surprisingly more high maintenance than long hair. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like long hair, you wake up and you just put a brush in it. I used to put gel in my... Gel? I mean, Europe, Europe. We didn't have many options oh, for oh, hair, oh, oh. Mm -hmm. for hair stabilization. <laughs> <laughs> Europe in the 90s. You might have seen us in, in the music videos. <laughs> The thing about having really long hair, which I currently have, or I would say I had until very recently, I feel that I hit a tipping point where it got so long, it became its own look and I didn't have to do anything to it. But I'm not saying it looked good. It's just that it didn't need any maintenance, no stabilization, nothing required. This was just how it looked all the time. Yeah, it checks the box. There's a look. It's got a look. <laughs> Great. Yeah. No maintenance, you know, but my mom at one point was like, I don't think you know what the back looks like. Alexis. <laughs> I just saw the back of my hair today. And it's terrifying. Oh, no. It's like looking go. under the bed. I know. I finally got a, a bunch taken off. She was like, you, you need to, you need to do it. You don't know what it looks like. And I was like, okay, she's not wrong. So it sounds like you went through several phases, which is very cool. Does one phase in particular stick out to you as like, oof, I could have skipped that one or one that you really loved? I have a very specific answer to this. And I think ultimately it will end up benefiting me, hmm. but I had severe nineties brow. Really? Yeah, like barely a line. And I blame Gwen Stefani, okay. but she wasn't the only culprit of this. So we're talking a very thin, almost like overplucked yes. brow? Okay. Yes. I don't understand my mindset. Like, why did I think that this was something? I mean, obviously, mimetic, mimetic behavior, mm -hmm. reading sassy or whatever people were reading. <laughs> I don't understand why, why I thought this was in any way, shape, or form attractive. That was the look. Yeah, but it was so ugly. Mm -hmm. The eyebrows are the the frames of your face, right? Like yes. I, we know after Cara Delevingne, we've all oh, thank God. we've all realized that, that big brows are gorgeous. And so to bit in the face of what nature gave me, because I'm I'm Greek. I can mm -hmm. I can bush the brows. Yeah. It was just it's a tragedy. And then I look at the photos from back then and I I feel like I look like an alien. And so where I think this will end up as a good thing, like making lemons out of lemon and yes. brow, is when I have children and they're yes. telling me something that they want to do and they're making an argument for it. Like yes. they think it's, it's what's cool. And then all the other kids are doing it. I will show them a picture of myself. There you go. There you go. <laughs> With the like, you know, Clara Bow 1930s yep. brow and be like, I thought this looked good. <laughs> what wow. do you think? Does this look yeah. good? What I was <laughs> That's wearing? perfect. That I is definitely making lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> I feel like it's a really strong piece of evidence for adults having a little bit more experience in terms of the world. I don't know that that's going to work. I'll be honest with you. I think they're going to say like, this is different, mom. 
<laughs> and I will be like, I also thought it was different. <laughs> Adults were telling us we're all going to shudder in shame yep. at how much we tweezed and how clown-like yes. we looked. And we were all like, no, it's cool. Not cool. Well, now big brows are back in a big way. So we've seen yes. the opposite. But that makes yes. me feel that in 10, 20 years, thin brows are going to come back. It's all cyclical. It is cyclical, but there's a line, like literally a line. <laughs> but <there's... laughs> I feel like we all as a society know that, that that brow phase was a mistake. It's objectively bad. Yeah, it was bad. I agree that it was bad. I'm really grateful for what's happening with brows right now because it's just much more in line with how my face looks. So I'm like, ooh, lucked out on that one. Sounds good. I'm like, you need me to be hairy? First of <laughs> Great. Life. What is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? Something really inconsequential that you would totally go to bat for. I have a whole mountain range of tiny hills. Okay. <laughs> I am Sisyphus of the tiny hills. I love it. There's one that I have been public about where I don't like AC air conditioning. Wow. I've gone public with it. Okay. This is already on the record. Okay. So this is not a scoop. Just to clarify, we're no, not the I'm... first show to report on this massive breaking news. Second show. Second online platform. Okay. It just, it's too cold. And you, in the summer where it's wonderful and you can go out with, without a sweater and go out with maybe shorts or sandals. Sure. And then yeah. you go into your office back when we were doing that back in the mm -hmm. olden days. Yes. And then you just freeze your patootie off because totally. the AC's on. So I, I don't like it. And I hmm. I know that you can't get a cold from being cold. I'm suspicious of AC. I, I, I really don't like it. And then okay. I can give you a fresh hill. Wait, well, can we unpack that one just briefly? Because I have a couple follow-up questions. Okay, tell me. Okay. First question is, does this feeling apply to all geographies and times of year? So no matter where you are, no matter what time of year it is. Whew. That's hard because New York in August is a yeah, sauna. Girl, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, in fact, I remember when I lived in Brooklyn in New York, you know, did not have a lot of resources going to a sale of ACs and getting one of the ones that you plop into your window. Oh, and then, of course. And then pray. Pray it doesn't fall, fall out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Did you install that yourself? Yes. Yes. I am so <laughs> impressed. I don't think I ever installed one myself, but one time the timing was perfect. I was living in the East Village and I wouldn't say I had a crush on this guy who I knew who lived across the street, but I was like definitely intrigued. And he was like, oh, I'll help you put it in. I was like, oh my God, really? That would be great. I have no idea how I could possibly do this. And he helped me install my AC. I was very happy. <laughs> it's really a win-win. <laughs> It's a bonding experience because that's was. so. You know how people are like, oh, you take your date on a roller coaster? Have your date installed yes. your AC in New York. I don't think that it achieved my intended outcome because what I didn't think about was how much I would be sweating during this experience. <laughs> so I thought it would be this fun, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're doing a project together. And instead, I was dripping sweat. <laughs> Not in a cute way at all. While this man like struggled to put my AC into the window. And then I think he like cut his hand while he was trying to no. do it. It was not romantic is the conclusion. <laughs> so it didn't work out. No, it didn't work out. No, we never went out, sadly. Even after <laughs> that really romantic. <laughs> so does this mean that Brooklyn in the summer, you are willing to go with AC? Yeah, because once it gets into the three orders of magnitude yeah. Fahrenheit, yes, and New York specifically, because you know the Mediterranean is pretty hot too, but not not like here. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the concrete. It is very. It is sweltering, and it is 
an oppressive feeling. And yes. so I, I feel like I would make an exception. I have, I have okay. made an ex- yeah, exception. Yeah, it sounds like it. Okay, so exceptions, but in general, you don't like AC. No. Are you good at regulating your own temperature, like your body? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's very, oh, yes. I, sorry for that weird laugh, but like, yes, <laughs> I do. This is the hill. I think for the most part, this is controversial. Hmm. It's all about layering, mm. <laughs> especially in, in SF where uh. the weather changes every block. Yes. It's all about wearing the right clothing for whatever season you're in. And mm. that means giving five minutes of thought, right? Will I be hot? Will I be cold? Should I wear gloves? Should I wear, yep. you know, my yep. heat leaves your he- from your head. Should yep. I wear a beanie? Mm-hmm. Some prep. Yeah. You know, you have to put some effort into it. I agree. I'm not like, I've never lived in Berlin because it's so cold. Like mm-hmm. you, you just buy a good jacket, buy a scarf. See, this is hard for me to hear because I am an always cold girl. I have to admit that to you. I'm also always cold. <laughs> you plan really well? Yeah. And I enjoy, since I, I was born in Los Angeles where it's the same, it's Groundhog's Day yeah. every day. It's like 75 degrees, 76 right. degrees. Like it's the same day every day and you, you feel like nothing changes and it's monotonous. It's boring. So I like seasons because it's an opportunity to wear wear the clothes that I bought for skiing, right? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, I can wear two sweaters. That's how novel. Sweaters for winter. How novel. How novel. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that is a very positive way to look at it, at layering and at the opportunity to wear different pieces of clothing. I think I am not good at it. And I try really hard. And I think I need to try harder. That's what I'm learning. We can do another call. Okay. I would appreciate that. It's getting your cost per wear down. If you buy a sweater, you don't want it to cost, you don't want to wear it once and then have your cost per wear be 75 bucks. Of course not. No, CPW, you want to drive that down as much as possible. Always. Seasons give you the opportunity. That's a good point. Also, I really appreciate the introduction of the cost per wear metric because I think about that every time I buy something expensive. (laughs) I'm like, oh, but the cost per wear, please. (laughs) What is something non-work related that you're really proud of? Let's see. I, just making it through this year counts. Yes, is absolutely. Yeah, I'm proud of making it through this year. What a frustrating year for everybody. No, no I'm proud of. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of me. I'm proud of all of us. I don't think that we had the hardest time of it. Like mm-hmm. we, mm-hmm. nobody close in my family had COVID. I'm in a relatively privileged position. Me too. But the ability to plan has just gone out the window. <laughs> so everything's just constantly shifting under yes. your feet, right? You yes. don't know where you're going to be in, in the next three months. You don't know. Like when you make plans, it's like COVID adjusted. COVID adjusted. Yep. <laughs> Vaccine willing is, yes, is what exactly. I started to say. And so I'm really proud of keeping it together during mm-hmm. this strange shifting time. Yeah, I totally relate to that. And I think that there are some silver linings for me in terms of developing a lot more comfort with not being able to plan and just sort of letting go and seeing what happens. You know, case in point, as I told you, I am sitting here surrounded by my suitcases with all of my belongings. (laughs) How many suitcases do all of your belongings fit into? (laughs) Right now I've got one of the big aways and a smaller away and a backpack. That's not all of my belongings, but I'd say it's it's many of them. That is so freeing. (laughs) Yeah, it's something. It (laughs) could go away at any moment. It's kind of fun, honestly. Alexia, a few weeks ago, or maybe it was a week ago, you tweeted about a snack. Oh, geez. M&M yogurt. 
<laughs> yep. The Eminem, you know, you're like, I remember yo, well. Yo, crunch. Okay. So it made me very nostalgic because I think I used to have this when I was a kid. You seemed somewhat perturbed by it. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about why the yo crunch with M&Ms made you sad. Oh, okay. <laughs> this isn't, this is another hill. This is another hill. Let's hear it. I'm Greek as I haven't mentioned at all during this podcast. <laughs> and when I go back to Greece, I go to town on bread and okay. go to town on desserts Yeah, hell and, yeah. and lose weight. Yeah. And the reason I think that is, is that there's a lot of ingredients in food mm. in the U.S. that are banned in the European Union. Bromate is something that people put in bread here that you cannot put in bread in the EU because wow. it, it's a carcinogen. And there isn't high fructose corn syrup yep. put into EU food. I quite enjoy eating my heart out and then not having to buy new clothes. Yeah. <laughs> since, since I too, I'm, I'm on the suitcase train like you. I can't afford another, or I, yeah. I mean, I can, but like just from a cognitive load perspective, yeah. I don't want to add another suitcase. Well, not to mention the cost per wear of some of those <laughs> items is going to be really high. <laughs> exactly. I enjoy the freedom of not worrying so much about the ingredients in my food when yeah. I go back totally. to... I guess my home country. So there's a simplicity of life, right? You go, it's like beauty and the beast. You go and you buy your tripe from the butcher. <laughs> <laughs> you go, you buy your bread from the baker. You know, when, when, when yep. she's walking down the village, you buy your fish from the person who, who fished it out at the farmer's market. And there's real farmers there, not just like indie rock band yep, guys. Yep. Here, there is a much more of a variety. Like, I couldn't get a good sriracha in Athens, Greece. Sure. There's a whole Reddit thread on Greek Reddit where it's like, where do you get sriracha? And people are oh like, you're God. SOL. Wow. <laughs> SOS. Um, <laughs> but you come back to the U.S. and I'm so happy that there's a variety mm. of foods. It's amazing. It, it, capitalism is a, is a miracle in some ways and and a terror in others. Mm. And I, and this is the least of the ways that it's a terror, but having M&Ms in yogurt mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is one of those weird long tail products that can't mm. be good for you. I'm sure it has probably fructose corn syrup in it. Yep. The idea of a, the tang of yogurt yep. <laughs> and the waxiness of the milk chocolate in yep. an m, &M is uh, off putting. Mm. And then I wonder, again, I come from, from a place where our, our yogurt is pretty exemplary. Yeah, top-notch. Big fan. Yeah, and so I wonder, until Chobani, which is not Greek, but until mm -hmm. Chobani, American yogurt was like this really runny yeah. thing. I wonder, like, how good of an experience can this be, like, from a mouthfeel perspective? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Probably bad mouthfeel. Probably bad mouthfeel. And then from a health perspective. And I know this sounds so incredibly snobby and i'm not a food snob i'm not one of those people i have been friends with these people i'm not a food snob in any way shape or form i just wonder i want people to do better mm. i see the other side somebody said well this got my toddler into eating yogurt so i'm happy about oh. it huh that's interesting yeah so it's a little you know the ends justify the means it's machiavellian if you're using the yo crunch m, &M. <laughs> 
M&M flavored yogurt for a greater yep. good than fine. I cannot believe that we started that with Yo Crunch and we ended with Machiavelli. That was truly a beautiful winding path to Machiavelli that I just, I did not see coming. I contain multitudes. You contain multitudes. Yes, 100%. I don't think the world needs like a jelly belly drink. Have you had it? What does it taste like? Oh, this particular thing? Mm-hmm. When I was a kid? For sure. For sure. Been around this long? Yeah. I'm ancient. I'm an aging old oak tree. <laughs> I thought it was a new thing. <laughs> I was a young sapling. Yo Crunch with M&M's has existed. <laughs> It's been around that long (laughs) since you were a kid, Alexis. Oh my God. I thought it was a new thing. I thought it was like a a, some COVID, some pandemic related. (laughs) Just a fever dream. (laughs) I definitely think that I had this. And I actually think that my mom got it for that reason. I was never allowed to have, we were always eating like low fat, low sugar, low calorie, tons of terrible garbage, like chemicals all up in everything. But the standard in my house was like, oh, well, is it high calorie? If it's high calorie, then mm. like, that's a no-go. This would have been like a treat. This would have been a way for my mom to give me a dessert that sort of still felt, quote, low calorie and healthy. But I think that she was maybe tricked by the marketing a little bit. Yeah, I think the frameworks around diet shift, right? The, yeah. the 90s was all about low fat. And so we had those snack wells that had a yes. that just, just yes. destroyed your digestive yes. system. Yes. The one thing that's been kind of constant through mm. this is the Mediterranean diet, which is just fruit oh, the best. and veggies the best. and fish and a, like yeah. a little bit of meat when you accidentally order it on your day The food pyramid, you know. <laughs> Try it at the top. Alexia, who would play you in a movie about your life? So it depends on if it's an indie movie or a blockbuster. I don't even know. I mean... I, <laughs> Well, let's do both. I don't know. We haven't raised money yet, so it could we could go either way. I think one of your guests said, I don't even know why somebody would make a movie of my life and I'm, I'm on the same page. Actually, <laughs> I was going to say, so humble. <laughs> but I know I'm humble and blessed about to be that asked this question. <laughs> we banned the word humble, so you have to you have to put it in the swear jar now. Okay, deal. Got to put 20 bucks in. Eminem so- yogurt on me when we actually meet in person. <laughs> Which is going to happen, COVID willing. Uh, Vaccine willing, COVID willing. Okay, so somebody once said this, and this person's name was Benjamin Franklin. (laughs) Somebody once said that you either do something worth writing a book about or writing a book worth reading. I would prefer to write a book worth reading. I don't need a movie made about my life. I feel like it would be awkward, as I I told you. Parts of it would be very awkward, like being in high school. But... Same. If it were an indie movie, people have told me that the actress from the Todd Slantz film, Happiness, Jane Addams, looks like me. Great. And then I think she was also in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. By the way, (laughs) one of my all-time favorite movies when I was in high school. The beautiful movie. It was a real peak period for movies and for the name Alexia. Yes. (laughs) And also Garden State came out around that time too. And it was like Garden State, Elizabethtown, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And I was living my manic pixie dream girl fantasy. (laughs) Working at the farmer's market. With my pixie cut. I worked at, I'm ready for this. I worked at a candy shop. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's amazing. Which one? And did they have Yo Crunch M and M? Oh, we, you would have. You would have really. Not, well, you would have liked and disliked this candy shop because we had lots of gourmet artisanal stuff, but then we also had like every little crossover thing forever. It was actually my friend's mom started like, a gourmet candy store, and that's where I worked for a summer. That sounds lovely. It that was. sounds so charming. It was charming. Anyway, I cut you off. You were about to dis- I think about to disclose who our blockbuster pick might be. Rose Bearden. I know I'm pronouncing oh, this wrong. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Well, I think we can get her. <laughs> I mean, she, she did it. Gloria Steinem. So yes. why wouldn't she want to do a uh, boutique CBC managing 100%. director? <laughs> why not? I think that's the natural same progression. That, yeah, definitely the same tier. Would it be a biopic or focused in on any particular chapter in your life? A pandemic year. <laughs> oh I'm really nervous that people are going to make a bunch of movies about the pandemic. And I, for one, would just like to say pass. Pass. Yeah, that's that's a justified fear. You know, the Apple photos nostalgia feature kicked in and it's like this time last year. And oh, it was just everything God. cliche. It was like my sourdough bread starter in the window. Oh, it was every, everything cliche about last year. I don't think we need a, a movie filled with pandemic cliches or like people having heartfelt conversations with masks on. I really don't want it. I don't want to watch other people FaceTime. I don't want to watch people fall in love over whatever. I really don't want it. I would say let's collectively as a society, this is my hill right now, as a society, let's just say pass. Let's skip it. Let's skip this whole era of entertainment and move on. I'm on board. So we're not making this okay. movie. <laughs> no, we can. But, well, we will make that movie, but maybe it could be Right before the pandemic could be an interesting chapter. I don't know if you what you were up to. Physical therapy. <laughs> also a okay. boring movie. Okay. It'll be a, a long, the long journey. I love those. Long- I love those biopics that are just like right before the person gets famous. Yes. That's, a, I like that too. So that, but okay. I don't, that would still be now. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll make it now. And then okay. it'll be in the can. It'll be ready to put out as soon as it's time. This podcast will be in the movie. Who will <gasps> play you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Who would play me? I think for the purposes of doing the podcast. Okay. Cause it'd probably be a cameo. So we could get someone like kind of cool. Cause it would just be doing that. Mm-hmm. Kate McKinnon. Oh my God. That would be, I mean, that would be a true honor. It would be so uh, good. Kate McKinnon's amazing. <laughs> I get Anne Hathaway a lot. Anne Hathaway could probably do it, but more of is like my Is she funny vibe. enough? Is she funny? <laughs> <laughs> this is so meta. <laughs> I highly doubt that I'm funnier than Anne Hathaway. I'm sure she could do it. I'll work on getting Rose and then we'll see if she has any suggestions for who could play me. At her. Just add her on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Alexia, we're going to take a break and then we'll be right back. Okay, are you ready? Yeah, I'm a little nervous. Oh, you're nervous? Why? I feel like I have to say something funny. You the really don't. <laughs> okay, if I told you that this episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by a company called Main Street, what would you think that they did? <laughs> what do I think Main Street would do? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anytime I hear something with street, I'm thinking like Wall Street or finance Ooh, or something. Mom and pop businesses. The town I live in has a Main Street. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's MainStreet.com if that helps. That helps a lot, yeah. (laughs) It's better than (laughs) backalley.com. 
Do you want to know what they do? I do, desperately. So Main Street helps venture-backed startups uncover tax credits they've never heard of in 20 minutes. That's incredible. Oh, so I was right with the finance thing. Oh my God, I see their ads on Twitter. How is anyone supposed to know where these tax credits are? A lot of the credits that they uncover are actually kind of obscure and not well-known by most CPAs. So even if you like have a CPA, it's still good to use Main Street. I have a call right after this with our head of BizOps. In all seriousness, if you're about to talk to your BizOps person, you should DM them the link. Mainstreet.com slash technical. Yes. Ooh. I'm going to right now. Can you hear my keyboard? You should. It's I, If I had a startup, I would use them immediately. It seems like a no-brainer. And we're back with Alexia Bonatzis, the managing director of Dream Machine. Alexia, we've come to a very exciting time in the non-technical episode. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's time for the lightning round. Hit me. <laughs> okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. And tea at night. Tea at night. Wait, how do you take the coffee? It depends. Sometimes I take it black. Sometimes okay. I take it with milk. I'm open to all milks. Okay. And the tea at night, what kind of tea? Herbal? Peppermint? Chamomile? Herbal. That sleepy time tea, even though yes. you guys don't don't Google sleepy time tea, it'll ruin it for you. Why? No, don't tell me. Wait, maybe tell me. It's pretty bad. There's a cult behind it. Of course, what? like everything else. <laughs> like everything else in 2021, it's a weird, dark story. We, I'm sure there's a podcast on it. <laughs> Okay, well, I know what I'm Googling the second we get out of our recording. Just to clarify, are you saying that the makers of the tea are in a cult or the tea itself has something problematic about it? The makers of the tea, the Celestial Seasoning founders were in a cult. They don't work there anymore, but they were in a cult. I can't believe that this bombshell is dropping in the Mm -hmm. last three minutes of the show, but it's a cliffhanger. Wow. Okay. Do you have a favorite board game? Yeah, but I haven't played in a while. I like Trivial Pursuit. Oh my God. I haven't played that in so long either. I really love it. I, I, I you know, I, I like trivia nights. I'm trivial. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever read a book twice? Yes, many. I'm an English major, so oh. I had to for school. Mm-hmm. I've read many. I've read the descent. I had to read the descent of Alette for a essay multiple times. It's a, it's an Alice Notley book. Dante's Inferno from a, from a female gaze. It was, wow. it's great. It's a poem. It's really beautiful. I've read the unbearable lightness of being a couple of times. I want to read man's search for meaning again now because I feel like I've got more years on me and I think it will have a different effect. Yeah. But yeah, I read books twice all the time. Do you have a pump up song? I do. What is it? Kid Cudi's Pursuit of Happiness. Yes, that's a great one. I love that song. My best friend put that on a mix CD for me in high school. So I've heard that a million times. (laughs) (laughs) Cody in general is amazing. That's great. And my last question for you is what would you title your memoir? So Alexia is not my, another bombshell is not my legal name. My legal (gasps) name is Alexandra. Oh my God. The reason I'm called Alexia is when I was younger, I don't know how I got it in myself. Probably somebody else was bored and couldn't say all the letters in Alexandra. Somebody else was calling me Alexia. And so I went into my class and I'm like, from now on, you call me Alexia. And it's stuck, right? Like wow. nobody, nobody challenged me. Now I'm an Alexia, but it, it means a couple of things. Alexandra, I think means helper of man. And then literally Alexia in Greek means without words. <gasps> and... I love, I'm a writer. I love words. Yes. It's one of my favorite, if not my favorite things about being a human and speaking a language and mm-hmm. reading, reading the words. 
Yeah. And so Alexei means without words. So I, I think I would call my memoir again. I don't know if I will write a memoir. I, I hope to write something think, in, in the I fiction so. category. Well, one girl. Um, <laughs> but without words. Oh my God. That's beautiful. I really love it. I really want you to write it. Thank you. I'm, yeah. I let's, let's, let's tell the universe. Let's just put that out there. We'll just put that out there into the universe. We'll see what happens. You never know. I spent a lot of my time writing emails. Yeah. <laughs> so if I could just convert all of that. Email okay. So that's like a solid start. That's great. But hey, between your tweets and your emails, I mean, we've got basically an outline. I'm sure we could get a couple chapters. Tweets are giving away the milk for free. <laughs> <laughs> No one's going to buy the the cow book. (laughs) No one's going to buy the tripe. Oh my God. No one's going to buy the tripe if they can get the tweets for free. The Alexia Bonanza story. (laughs) Perfect. A pandemic year. (laughs) Wow. Oh, we nailed it. Oh, that's so amazing. Alexia, thank you so much for joining me on Non-Technical today. Where can people find you if they want to find out more about you? At Alexia on Twitter and at Alexia on Instagram and at Alexia on Clubhouse. Love that. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter and Instagram or at Non Technical Pod on Twitter. Alexia, thank you again so much. And I'll talk to you soon. See you soon. Bye, Bye. Alexia. Oh boy, I have a review to read. Okay, this one comes from Looch138. Five stars. They say six out of five. (laughs) Great show and so fun. Alexis is such a happy, fun voice that helps me get on with the day. I know zero corp, cork, speak, or tech lingo. Darn. Keep going, Alexis. Thanks, Looch138. And if you want to hear me read your review on the next episode, go ahead and toss me a review on iTunes. Give me a little corp speak, a little tech lingo, and you might hear it on the pod. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Bye.